0: Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh, this is the word on the hill and the lanky guys are here.
1: They are. I saw them <laughs>
0: <They're> running around. <laughs> Dude, was, they, were, they were jumping up and down and stuff. It was crazy. They're crazy, I man. think so. I think that they've been huffing asbestos. Huffing it? Uh-huh. Huffing? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? You mean puffing? Like, like breathing? No, like, huff, huffing, like huffing paint. You ever heard of that? No,
1: like huffy. I
0: had a huffy bike when I was little. That was those were good, dude. Havi, yeah, I, dude, I got a Bianchi and I got hit in the head and somebody tried to take it from me
1: once. Really? Uh-huh. And is that the time your sister did that one thing?
0: No, that was when the dude punched me in the face oh. at the at the bus stop. You had a hard. Childhood, dude. This is the thing is, whenever I watch movies and, we, and it comes to like some particularly brutal moment or like TV, and I'm with somebody, I'm like, Man, that reminds me of elementary school. <laughs> oh, it's like, and everybody like always thinks it is funny, but I'm serious, yeah, man. I don't, I wouldn't say that. No, you, you wouldn't say that because you're from Boulder and everything's nice in Boulder, guys. everything's nice in Boulder. Nobody's mean, no we all smile, everybody smiles, Hugs. And, and then they like are like, Oh, can I get you a new pair of Birkin Sogs? Yeah. And we say yes, and then you say yes, and you're like, "Oh, that's really nice." Here, I made a friendship bracelet just for you. And in the winter time, we put Birkin socks on with our Birkenstocks. I've never heard Birkin socks.
1: No, I haven't. I just made it up just now. Dude, that's really impressive. That should be the practice of wearing socks with your Birkenstocks. It's called Birkin socks. pulling off a nice Birkin socks
0: today. What if you're wearing chacos?
1: Chaco socks. Chaco socks. Chaco socks. Chaco socks. Nah, no, doesn't do it. it. Doesn't do it for me.
0: Dude, it's kind of like ca- chocolate.
1: Count chocula is cool. Hey, by the way, I'm Scott Powell.
0: Oh, uh, dude, it's good to meet you. (laughs) Thanks, man. Um, I I've learned that you're from Boulder. Yep. And um, that's true. If you were to say uh, one thing that you really enjoy Mm. in the um, southern part of the United States, what would it be? Uh oh. Uh,
1: what are they called? No, that's Wisconsin. I was gonna say cheese curds. (laughs) But uh, what about the South? I don't like grits. Oh. Um, barbecue barbecue is I, that really south or is that kind of missouri kansas hmm. city is big on their barbecue they're not in the south okay what do i like from
0: the south um um do you have your why do you have your mind on humidity food? humidity i hate humidity <laughs> dude because we just ate lunch oh okay um I, uh, I like oil
1: oil is that really what you're gonna pull
0: no i was thinking i was thinking of the beach of corpus christi yeah i was also thinking austin texas what about like
1: alaska Oh, I, you know what I like? What? I like bullhorns on Cadillacs, on the front of Cadillacs, like Boss Hog. Okay, dude. That's that's what I like. That's acceptable. I'm going to go with that.
0: Well, you guys, um, thanks for coming to the podcast today. We believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you followed in you. any one part of that first conversation, then you have a serious attention span, and you should consider quality control work. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What were you saying about? I I don't
0: know. Oh, man. But, dude, I mean, it's funny because, like, anymore, like, now that you're up in Boulder and, like, um, after the floods and stuff. Anybody. 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 Now that that you're up in Boulder. Now that you guys are with us in Boulder. Right. Here we are. um, If you talk about it to anybody about FEMA, then you get to hear the, the abbreviation of QC. Oh, yeah, man. We talked to FEMA, and QC was almost immediately on their heels. What? Quality control. Quality control. Yeah, dude. But that's just the thing up here, man. It's like Federal Emergency Management Corporation. What, what is, is the C? It's Cor- not corporation. Oh, no. That's A. It's A. Oh, FEMA. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Administration. Where did I get a C from? FEMC. FEMC. FEMC.
0: I don't know, dude. Well. It's good to see you. It's good <laughs> to see your face. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, actually, we only see your ears. We don't even see them. No, but we talk to your ears. Yeah, so we feel them through I, the airwaves. I uh, sometimes when I'm in a church and the sunlight hits my uh, the right side of my head as I'm at the lectern because we're at the equinox and that kind of happens. Um, we're just a couple of days past the equinox, but um, uh, it, I always feel like it's melting my earwax.
1: And Sick. That's really disgusting. <laughs> is that gross? Yeah. And Jen natural. Lozier is gonna send us a message that says "melting my earwax!" exclamation point.
0: The. <laughs> and they'll be so happy about it (laughs) she sent us
1: one that said oh my gosh squirrel chips i love you (laughs) from last week yeah dude um
0: are there any shout outs to give yeah man absolutely oh i should have looked at how to pronounce this before i decided to give (laughs) the shout dude dude, that's like that's that's like lectors um, who are trying to read the first reading without looking at it first name and they're like oh man what am i supposed to do and we love you we just don't mean to like we don't mean to like jack your names up yeah, I do. And I, I want
1: to give a shout out to. <laughs> oh, I'm not laughing um,
0: at you. I'm laughing in your general direction. Scott.
1: Army Hilario uh, er, 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 Erlam. Erlam. Army
0: Hilario Erlam. Oh, yes. Army. Really? Well, I, I actually don't know how to pronounce her. But name. you know who that is? Well, I know it in written form because, yes, we've been corresponding.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. And so I'm going to give a shout out to her. And she just let us know that uh, her whole family out in the Philippines, in Manila, in the Philippines, are listening to us as well. So we want to give a shout out to the whole family uh, out in Manila, and anybody else we have in the Philippines. I we got a, a message from somebody else in the Philippines recently too, so that's really exciting. And that's, I have no idea how you heard about us, but thanks um, for listening
0: to us. Yeah, she came up and like she's having um, like awesome experiences of the Lord and and uh, cool. here hear it to parish and, and oh she's and here and in Boulder like, yeah well oh. no she's like in but she's in here. Colorado yeah yeah cool. And uh, so it's just super awesome, and she's really, really supportive of the parish and us. And uh, well, we and love so, it, and so, we are thrilled that your whole family is listening out in Manila.
1: So yeah. hello from Boulder to you.
0: Greetings, we'll sing you a song. <laughs> they're all turning it off. Right they're there. like, oh man, well, how do you turn this off? They're like, turn That's it down. enough. And they're just selecting parts. Uh, we'd like to ask you to please I'm silence sorry. your cell phones as we podcast <sighs> today.
1: Doggone it. This is not the first time this
0: has happened on this podcast. What a junk show we are. Dude. Man. We really are. No, we're good. We're really quality. Quality we, control, you guys. Quality control. Dude, uh, um, you know what? If I were to, rec- uh, recommend <laughs> what to I reckon... Well, I would have reckoned... I would have reckoned something, then <laughs> I, I, reckon, I reckon that something is funny.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, you guys. Somebody. I was talking to
1: someone. I think it was Laura Gifford. And she was uh, making fun of our opening sections on this podcast. Okay. And now she usually fast forwards it to get to the content. She said one day we actually had one where we went off for 18 minutes in the beginning of the podcast. Oh, and no. I didn't believe her. Oh, no. That's a long time. That's too long. We better start We in. should get in. Okay. Because we have appointments too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. See, we're done.
1: And now we're moving on to substantive things. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: What? I'm just laughing. Um, don't. There's no reason to Stop laugh. Stop it. Okay, right. let's see. Our first, our first reading. reading today is... Oh, we should... I'm sorry. Please. Amos. Please, after you. Amos. Amos. 6. 6, verse 1a. 6, A. verse 1a. <laughs> Followed by verse 4 through 7. Verse 4 through 7. Then our responsorial psalm is... Psalm 146, verse 7. 146,
1: <laughs> verse 7. 8 and 9. 8,
0: 9. 9, ten, one b I don't know what that
1: is. 9, 1b.
0: Okay, and then we have 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 16.
1: First <laughs> Timothy of the pastoral epistles.
0: <laughs>
1: verse 6, chapter chapter 6, verse 11, verse
0: 16. And Luke, chapter 16. The 19. Gospel of Luke,
1: the third <laughs> in the synoptic gospels, chapter 16, <laughs> verse 19 through 31.
0: And that's what we're going to be covering today That completes our <laughs> listing of readings Dude, There's no way For that these, today. these people are just going to stay tuned into this project No! Room. Come on, listen to us we okay, have good is, things to say yeah, we Shoot, do. did I shut them all out? No You laughed really hard <laughs> It really It was only funny because I kept doing it <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, you pushed through the awkward place into yeah. the really funny place <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, two of you are laughing. <laughs> okay, let's start. A, let's, so Amos, let's chapter Amos, six. Famous Amos. On. Famous Amos. <laughs> well said. All right, so we had Amos last week as well. We were reading from chapter eight of Amos, but uh, chapter six. So again, tiny bit of back. I gave a little bit of background on Amos. It's believed to be uh, one of the earliest written prophets. Earliest. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Um, Amos, though, a little bit on who he was. Remember, he was a person of the southern kingdom, so he was from a a village called Tekoa, which was near
0: Bethlehem. And he liked sycamore trees. He, he dressed them. He dressed in little doll clothes, little <laughs> with dresses and stuff. I was merely a dresser of sycamore <laughs> trees. They're like, dude, that's sick more than you know. That's, oh.
1: Gosh. Okay, let, let that pass. So he was down in the southern kingdom, but he was called to be a prophet to the northern kingdom. Um, and I want to give a tiny bit of context about him. So he's, uh, if if you actually want to know what's happening when Amos is writing. So the beautiful thing about the scriptures is that they love to interpret themselves. So you can find explanations for scriptural things in scripture oftentimes. Oh, nice. So if you want to know what Amos is actually talking to these people up in the northern kingdom about. Yeah. You could go back and you could read Second Kings chapters 14 and 15. Okay. Which actually gives you the context. It tells you the story about what's happening in the northern kingdom when Amos shows up. And all the problems that they're experiencing, which bring—I <laughs> <laughs> put up. I just put up the
0: footrest on my chair. Okay. The way that, <laughs> you had a lot of things going on <laughs> at one
1: time. Um. Uh, so anyway, he's re- he's ruling. It, it's during the reign of a guy named King Jeroboam the Second, who was up in the north. Uh, it's also during the time of King Uzziah down in the south. That probably doesn't mean anything but Isaiah talks about <laughs> Isaiah talks talk about, about Uzziah lot. <laughs> he, was, he was one of the most important kings in uh, the southern kingdom. but anyway, that, that aside, why is all that important? Well, it's actually important if you remember last week we were talking about the major problem that they're dealing with up in the north is that basically this is a time historically when the northern kingdom so remember that there was a civil war in Israel. And the kingdom divided in two, and ten of the northern the ten tribes went up north, and they founded their own kingdom. Judah and Benjamin stayed down south, and they kept Jerusalem and the temple and everything else. But the people up north, who founded their own kingdom and kind of separated, they eventually started ordaining new priests and worshipping different gods and building their own temples yeah. and creating new liturgies, and it was a messy situation. Yeah. But at this particular time the northern kingdom has gotten pretty comfortable. They're very wealthy. They're doing well politically. Uh, they've got a lot of wealth. It's actually, I, I made a note of what the time was. It's its probably written around, um, between the years 782 and 745 BC, there was a, a really low point in the reign of the Assyrian Empire. So this is all happening under the reign of Assyria. They're kind of the major world superpower at the time. And during that time, there was actually a lull in the kings, and they lost some of their political authority in the world which gave the northern kingdom of Israel a chance to kind of make a name for themselves Uh, and so they got prosperous because they weren't being held under the thumb of Assyria for a short period of time and so they got very very rich they got very very powerful and they're sitting in their mansions on their luxurious chairs
0: made of ivory
1: made of ivory as Amos points out but what that did to them is, is basically convinced them okay we separated from the southern kingdom we're doing all these things and now guess what God is blessing us look we have all this wealth we have all this power we have all this security god has said yeah thumbs up to you guys things are going really well so we're taking this as a sign from god that we're doing everything right and it's it's uh it's kind of ugly and
0: what <laughs> you're giving me that look well i just feel that's like that's like you're winding up for the pitch man this is like this is good this is where we're going in the readings today man. good night everybody
1: yeah no it, it does sorry it does set us up for everything else so i want to read this back. it's a very short what,
0: reading that's why i'm smiling Oh, no, it's good. Because you set me up for no, good things. Here you we go. S- we pitch. Two- <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was weird timing. I think you might
1: have my mic stand this week because that's <laughs> what mine always does. I know. I have the saggy mic stand. Saggy mic. Um, but let's read the, it. It's actually pretty short. Now, chapter 6. So I mentioned that Amos speaks to the northern kingdom primarily. The top 10. But there are a couple of... Oh, nice. That was good. I like that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Top 10. But there are a couple times when he actually speaks to both. And he'll it, it, you, the, the letter it, or the, the book is actually addressed to both kingdoms. So there is a word for the south as well. And they are actually addressed in this first part of Amos chapter 6. So it says this. Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, Woe to the complacent in Zion. Now, where is Zion? Zion is in the southern part. That's in Judah. Yeah. So that actually tells you that, okay, there's actually a word for these guys as well. Now, this is where it gets kind of weird because this, if you look at the the numbered readings, this is where it jumps. And it says that in verse 1a, and then it jumps all the way down to to verse 4. So he seems to actually have something to say to the south. Basically, I mean, what's the context? The northern kingdom... Um, they've become pretty complacent. They've become very rich. They've become very, very corrupt. They're trampling down the poor. They're oppressing people in their midst. They're worshiping other gods. And you can imagine Israel down in the south or the southern kingdom looking at them and being like, ah, "Look at you guys!" And he kind of Amos kind of turns his head back and he's like, "No, no, the Lord has a word for you guys as well. Don't be so smug. You know, don't don't be so quick to not quick to judge these guys, but just you know, look at yourselves a little bit too." So woe to the complacent in Zion, those of you that are participating in this and, and are okay with what's going on here up in the north. Then we jump down to verse 4, and he's talking. he appears to be talking to the north again. He says, laying on your beds of ivory, stretch out, <laughs> laying in your beds. What's that line from Braveheart? Someday, at the end of your life. I'm speaking in a New Someday York some Someday
0: you're going to be at the end <laughs> of your life, and you're going to be laying in your Lying beds. Lying in and, your beds. And you're going to say, well, what did I do today? Did I die? I mean, so what? Hey. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, but okay. I can't remember. Anyway. It's like his like great speech. Just forget it, guys. Alright, lying in your bed, lying in your beds of ivory, stretched
1: out comfortably in your couches. They'll eat lambs taken from the flock, cats from the stall, improvising to the music of the harp, just like David, they devise their own accompaniment accompaniment. They drink from their bowls and they anoint themselves with the best oil. So they're doing pretty well. You're loving your wealth, you're loving your luxury. Yet they are not made ill by the collapse of Joseph. Now this is where I
0: kind of wonder. Okay, who are you talking to right now, Amos? Now who is Joseph? First? See, well, the, when I read this, I mean, I was thinking that the collapse of Joseph, because we're looking at the ten tribes of the north and the two in the south. So we're right. looking at the at the, the the tribes of Israel. We're talking right. about Abraham's sons. They're I mean, all Abraham's I, sons. I mean, sorry, Isaac's sons, Isaac Jacob's sons. Yeah. So Joseph, the king of dreams, the the uh, the one who went down to Egypt, and the, he's the head of the twelve tribes. Uh,
1: he's not actually the head of the 12 tribes that it's a funny thing about the story of Joseph. So, you know, he's the fourth, there's four narratives in the book of Genesis, four major patriarchal narratives. There's the story of Abraham, there's the story of Isaac, there's the story of Jacob, and then there's the story of Joseph. And it's like that Sesame Street thing. One of these things is not like the other. So you get the whole story of Joseph, and you expect him to be—I mean, you get the story of Abraham. He is the patriarch. He passes down the blessing to Isaac. You get his story. He passes it down to Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons, one of whom is Joseph, who's the second to the youngest. And the story of uh, of Joseph ends with the blessing, who has been passed down from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, being given
0: to—guess who? Oh, what's his buckets? The the no, yeah, because it's not Joseph. It's not Joseph. He's yeah, kind of the foil, it's, it's not Reuben. Um, no, it's Judah. It's Judah. Oh, huh? the blessings Judah. So the blessing goes to Judah, which
1: is interesting if you read the whole story of Joseph, because Judah starts out the story. He's actually the one that sells off Joseph into slavery. He's the one that convinces his brothers to do it. But there's a subplot in the whole story of Joseph where he has this this actually huge. Um, uh, uh, turning of heart, change of heart, and he actually re- repents of what he's done and all this stuff. And so it actually goes to him. But Joseph um, was the father of Ephraim. So uh, the northern kingdom is often called Ephraim because uh, um, it, it's domi- the northern kingdom was dominated by the big tribe of Ephraim. They were kind of the leaders. Okay. And Ephraim were all descendants of Joseph. So when you see this reference to Joseph, that, again,
0: is kind of another shorthand for these northern kingdoms. Oh, okay, man. That, okay, that took a lot of, um, of like— A little digging. Yeah, to well, no, like the uh, navigating of yeah, uh, uh, lineages and who begat who and why and stuff.
1: So this is where I think, if you read this correctly, um, he's kind of talking to both. They're not made ill— by the collapse of Joseph. Now, who's not made ill? Well, the people in Israel, the people up in the northern kingdom, they feel like everything's going their way. God's blessing them. Everything's great. We're trampling down the poor. We're rejecting the widows and the, the strangers and the sojourners. And we're worshiping these other gods. But guess what? We have riches and luxury and our Cadillac Escalades and everything's going really well. They're actually not realizing the collapse of Joseph. The collapse of the northern empire is actually happening all around them. It's a spiritual collapse, if not a temporal one yet but the temporal one is coming. That's the other warning. But that's why it's also, I think, a warning back to the southern kingdom who are all sitting there watching this, probably looking at their brothers and they're not realizing, these are your brothers up here and your family members who are up in the north. They're about to get obliterated because of their unfaithfulness. And you guys are just sitting watching. That is a major problem. So this is kind of a warning to both. And that's where you get the very end of this. Therefore, because of all this, And now they will be the first to go off into exile and their wanton revelry will be done away with. You're only going to laugh for so long because guess what? Assyria actually is coming back and they're going to come back much stronger. In the 722, they're going to wipe you out. So it's kind of a dark first reading. Boom. Boom.
0: yeah, um, Shake, shake the room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yes, yeah. so, it is
1: written. So let's psalm it up. Psalm it up. So Psalm 146, a couple things about this. Psalm 146 is the second of six Alleluia psalms that are going to end the Psalter. So the whole Psalter, all of the psalms end with a series of six Alleluia psalms. Oh. And this is one of them. It's Alleluia. the second, what is it? The second of the six? Of the six? Yeah. And uh, in, in Hebrew, it's actually Psalm 146 and 147 are actually together. Oh, nice. So it's actually one big long psalm. Now I was reading through this and trying to find a common thread, and and here's what I think it is. Um, we just got this first reading about basically warning to the north. Look at what's about to happen. Things are going to get bad. Don't be so complacent. Why are they complacent? Well, what are they what are they doing to bring about the punishment? Well, they're actually doing all of the things that are the opposite of what Psalm 146 says. So look at what it says. Blessed is he who keeps faith forever. They didn't keep their faith. They they abandoned it. <laughs> Secures justice for the oppressed. They're not nope. doing that. Gives food to the hungry. They're mm-hmm. actually trampling the hungry. The Lord sets the captives free. They're taking captives in. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. They're actually doing the opposite in the north. They're corrupting those people. Loving the just. They're not just. Protecting strangers. Not protecting strangers. It's a litany of everything the northern kingdom is being accused of directly. And then it ends, the third, what, stanza? The fatherless and the widow, he sustains. Again, they're not doing that. But the way of the wicked, he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. He stands at the end of this litany of things reminding them of all that they're not doing and all that we do oftentimes and says, but the Lord is not that. That's not the Lord blessing you. In other words, you're wrong. You've you've read the situation. You've read the signs of the times wrong. Watch out because the Lord is actually a Lord who does the opposite of what you are doing. So you do the math. And I think it stands as a warning to all of us, frankly.
0: You know, I don't hear much music like this in pop culture nowadays. Warning of the destruction of, <laughs> of people who are whose gods are their stomachs and. What about? I'm gonna knock you out. Huh. Mama said, "Knock you out." Huh. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean it is. Or, it. Or, or or Lenny Kravitz said, "My mama said it's good to be fruitful." <laughs> yes, that's it. That's you got it. it. Nailed it. Yep. Timothy, Timothy, Tim, Tim, Timothy, Timothy. Um, dude, every the, time I read <laughs> Timothy and I'm listening to it proclaimed, I'm always feeling like, like Timothy really, for all time is having everything aired, dude. I mean, I know it's like an open letter, but like this guy is like, he's just kind of Paul's laying it out. Well, I mean, it, it's
1: here's the thing: it is an open letter, so it's written to an individual, not a whole church like they usually are. But it's a letter written to an individual that is meant. To actually be read to everyone. Everyone should hear what Paul's saying to Timothy, and that's purposeful because why? Timothy is the new bishop of the church in Ephesus. And I think Paul wants it known to everyone how the new bishop should act. What should a bishop be like? That should actually be a public thing. What is the pastor held to in a certain sense? That's what leadership is demands, for Paul. yeah. And yeah.
0: Well So in that sense it's kind of beautiful, but it's it's not a thing to take lightly. No, I mean just, just knowing. <laughs> If this letter was written to me, I mean, of course, it is written to me. I mean, in in a in a very real way, it's just like there's some intensity. True that,
1: but I mean, and and I'm trying to think of how this ties. Well, it's tying because we're being warned. If we know our story, if we know our history, we we can't let the past repeat itself. The leaders cannot let the things that happened in the time of Amos happen again. Yes, we have to be constantly aware, constantly on guard. The leaders, especially, we need to pray for our pastors. We need to pray for. Those who are in leadership in the church, so that we don't. Th- this is why, for Pete's sake, in the liturgy in the mass, you know, one of the things that can never be removed from the liturgy is that the uh, the penitential rite, um, because we we need to put first things first and and pray and beg that we never fall into this stuff again. Yes, because we know that's the the
0: easy thing to do. Well, and uh, the, the the key part when I'm when I'm looking at this is is that. Um, He says, uh, the, the last line, um, the Lord, um, well, the last line is like actually half of the reading. (laughs) This, this actually reading is is like two sentences, but the last of it is, um, is to him be honor and eternal power that uh, when we uh, turn glory towards ourselves, um, we're going to get into all sorts of real weird stuff and like things that are not appropriate um, and, and when we try to find and grasp power and we try to get honor for ourselves and yes. to, to get ourselves into the glory that only the Lord should be in, yeah. we're going to suffer the consequence of what that means. And if we're believers, then the Lord's going to take it apart and yeah. he's going to actually make sure that the glory that's appropriate is coming our way. Yeah, and like, absolutely. And, um, and, and so I, so I, I see that in, the, in that first one, you've got these 10 tribes up top. Um, Joseph's getting ravaged because they're just yeah. glorying in the fact that like, dude, we're secure, man. We're feeling good on the Mount of Samaria up here. Yep. Like, yeah. we're we're rocking it, and and we got our ivory couches and we got great craftsmen. We made all this stuff up. And I feel they like get, ivory couches wouldn't be very comfortable. I mean, you, they probably have pads. Oh, cool. They had some upholstery good. foam, <laughs>
1: the memory foam.
0: The memory. They had mm-hmm. a little memory foam up there, dude. That's good. Also known as like hair animal skin animal skin i don't know what it is i mean like shredded cotton nice i'll take it cotton baffling <laughs> dude if you force right. me to think about no a no, practical no i'm sorry. Thing, i'm a you're sculptor right, what right. I, I
1: know i'm sorry I knew. I knew what i was getting into i okay. should have
0: well let's gospel it up dude look it up look it up i said goop but i didn't mean <laughs> to i was like trying to sing something
1: goop 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 this is a uh this is a tough this is a tough one We've been getting a lot of the tough ones. Yeah, I dude, these
0: are, there's some judgment in this, man. Yeah. This is Lazarus and the, uh, Lazarus and the rich man. Yep, Lazarus and the rich man. So Jesus, said to the
1: Fa- so Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said, okay, here's the story. There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine lemon, linen, lemon, linen. He dressed in lemons? He dressed in lemons. So think about this. A rich man who dressed in purple garments, which were the rarest, fine linen, dined sumptu- sumptuously all day. Who does that remind you of? That we've just read about. Oh, the Northern Ten, the Northern Kingdom, the top ten. So why does the church tie this together? Guess what? That's what they were doing. That's the people of God, for Pete's sake. And lying at his door well, was a poor well, man. The, named well, Lazarus.
0: Well, well, what he's saying is, he's saying that, that what the affliction that afflicted the top ten is now afflicting the lower two. That's true. And and what what was what was preached against up there is now come to fruition in the bottom. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a poor man lying at the door, right? They're abusing the poor. They're trampling him. That's exactly what this rich man is doing. It's so funny, you know. One of the things about the Bible, um, names are a very important thing in the ancient world, and you're known by your name, and that's that how you were remembered and how you were spoken about. And what and your what your mission is, it signifies yeah. who who you really are. Yeah. So what's this rich guy's name? Uh, I don't know his name. You know why? Why? Because it's not given. I mean that's purposeful. That's one of the punishments of the story. The poor man who is lying at his step with bruises and sores receives a name. He receives the dignity and the honor of a name. The rich man is unnamed. It's kind of a it's why the uh, in the Exodus story, the pharaoh of the Exodus story is never actually named. It's understood to be one of the final punishments that we can try to deduce which pharaoh it was, but his name is left silent for uh, for all ages. Which would be a huge embarrassment and punishment for the Hebrew people.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's cool what does lazarus mean <laughs> i don't know
1: something profound i'm sure i don't know
0: let's see if i can define lazarus i got a u.s poet she's best known as the author of the new colossus in 1883 her sonnet to the statue of liberty which is engraved on a plaque inside the statue that's it <laughs>
1: that's the one you got it the, nailed I, it
0: nailed it that's it right. means god has helped Oh yeah,
1: God has helped. Oh, that's cool. Well, which is good. Which is good because nobody else is helping him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's
1: not. This rich guy's not helping him. So you know, you guys probably know the story. So both men die, right? Dead. Dead and uh, Lazarus and and um, let's see the rich man was buried and then he was in the nether world where he was in torment and he raised his eyes and he saw Abraham far off the it, father of all of these tribes right at his bosom at his bosom and he saw Lazarus Lazarus why do you keep saying it? Nazareth is what I want to say Nazareth. Lazarus he sees Lazarus up there and he cries out Father Abraham have pity on me send Lazarus to dip Lazarus, Lazarus. to dip the tip of his finger in water and come cool my tongue for I'm suffering. And he said, you can't do that. It's not possible. During your lifetime, you had the opportunity to do that to this guy and you failed at it. You didn't do it. And so you you know the story, there's this impenetrable gulf, but then it kind of wraps up with the rich man saying, okay, fine, I accept my lot. You know, this is where I am and that's fine. So please, you know, let me go back or let me send a warning to my five brothers that I may warn them about this. Now, I was racking my brain trying to figure out why five brothers. Any idea what's the significance there?
0: Well, dude, I mean, whenever I see five, I always think of Torah because of the books of the Torah. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's the first place I land. Yeah, um, the Pentateuch. Yeah, totally. Which Penta means five, five and and tuk means the whatever took means. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's a it's a books. It's, it's book. writings. Really, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Those Tooks. I, I always mean, think gonna... of, I always think of the Tooks from um Harry Potter or I mean um I just tried to make somebody really, really mad at Miss Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh man, you, our can... nerdier listeners are gonna have a field day with Yeah, you. dude I'll I'll tell you what, um um uh uh um Ben Stenland just was like <clears throat> like for just a second, like he kinda had a little hernia. <laughs> I mean, that's, or, uh, I, no, that, was not that a the, hernia. He that's not the right word. never hernia. I'm sorry, everybody.
1: No, so so yeah, so he wants to, so there's the great symbolism here. But he, he wants to send a, a messenger himself back to warn his five brothers. And this is where, where it gets interesting. Look at what Abraham says. But Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. What's our first reading? One of the prophets who was warning people like this against doing precisely that. But he said, oh, no, Father Abraham, if someone from the dead goes to them, then they will repent. But Abraham said, if they'll not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded by someone who should rise from the dead.
0: Which is one of my favorite sections of scripture in the entire world. Do you know why How I love this so much? Why? Because I've been waiting the whole time. I've just been sitting here going like, <laughs> I'm like, when are we going to get there? When are we get We're now? there, man. I love this because what it does is it reveals the same thing that Christ wants to reveal to us on Emmaus is that hmm. all of Scripture points towards the resurrection. And that once, if you're actually listening and you're paying attention, then when you see yes. somebody rise from the dead, then all of a yeah. sudden everything becomes intelligible. Yes. And and so, it, it, but, but if you're unwilling to look at, how is the hist- how is the historical reality and you're just kind of like taking um the old testament and the pentateuch the law the prophets and the wisdom and and making it some sort of moral escapade yes then you, w- what's going to happen is that you're missing that this all is is profoundly oriented um towards the this, the the event of Christ's resurrection yeah But that's also the tragedy of this because, I mean,
1: Abraham makes it clear that, you know what, they're not going to listen to any of this. This, The tragedy of the first reading is that we actually know I mentioned this last week. You know, you have some of the other prophets like Hosea, for example, they give a lot of if then warnings. Like unless you turn back, there's gonna be destruction. You're gonna be hauled off in exile. Unless you turn your ways, there's gonna be punishment. Amos gives no if thens. He basically just says, It's too late, it's coming.
0: Times is hard, you're about to get whooped on. You and get, it's,
1: you're gonna to get to whoop. And it's done. It's a done deal, which is essentially what's being said here in the gospel reading. Like look, look, they're not gonna listen. If they didn't listen to the prophets, they're gonna be like those people. They're done for which you got to be a little bit careful because we can't we can't perceive this as kind of the double um predestination deal. Well, you know, they're they're just destined to
0: hell. That's not it. It's contextual. That's why we have to say Jesus said to the Pharisees. Yes, it is. But well, what do you mean by that? What I mean is, is that as he's directing this, this isn't just some sort of navigational reality so that we can understand the afterlife. Right. And somehow that, you know, they already had the concept of the bosom of Abraham. They already had the concept of of some sort of separation um, for the righteous who were awaiting there. There's some sort of justice in the afterlife. Yes. And, uh, the, and and the two shall never meet it's not like we're getting some sort of um revelation yeah. beyond yeah yeah and so what jesus is doing is he's giving this th- this moment that's going to it's going to hurt no yeah. and it's and and in some ways i think that he's doing one of the best things that you can do in ecumenical dialogue is he's saying take what is yours absolutely seriously yeah don't don't mess around if you if you if you're serious about this listen to Moses and the prophets and if you listen to Moses and the prophets what's going to come out and what what's going to be teased right. is that you're going to see somebody who is raised from the dead and you will believe yes. but unless you're actually taking that um Unless you're actually taking that to yourself, then it's then then you're you're not gonna do that. So he's he's saying to them, he's like, Don't just go into the all of these rules that are gonna keep you from actually getting into the meat of, right. of of the revelation.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: I mean we need to read it less
1: in a negative sense and more in a positive, not just that well, if they didn't if they didn't listen to this then they're not gonna see this. I'd say, no, go back. Look at the prophets. Look at Moses. If you read it aright, you will get it. Not strictly the negative sense. Oh, you didn't read it right, so you won't get it. Yes. But if you do look at what we have, Moses and the prophets, which, I mean, we know how many Pharisees actually converted. Probably a lot. Well, the whole explodes. circumcision party was Pharisees. By the it, way, that's not a very fun party. Yeah, the circumcision, the circumcision, circumcision party. <laughs> party. But Paul was a Pharisee, for example.
0: Absolutely, you look at the early church, and who are the converts? They're Jews. Yeah. So this is
1: not a picture of hopelessness that, no. that Luke is presenting. It's actually a p- picture of utter hope.
0: But you, uh, it's also a, a thing of, of judgment. It's like, dude, you, you if you mess around with this thing, and you go like the ten northern tribes, and you just make it up, and you say, oh, I'm going to live this how I think that I'm supposed it's supposed to be lived, and I'm yeah. going to go into luxury. Yep. Um. Then then what's going to happen is you're going to be in torment. You, if those who wish to save their lives will lose it, and those who lose their lives will save it. Yes. Like, like there's a real death here if you're going to take these scriptures seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where they came from. They converted in droves. Absolutely. Because they got it. Yeah.
1: Well, get it, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, but we have to know our history. That's the other thing. That's why it's so important that we're doing what we're doing. I mean, we have to understand what the first reading has to say to us and why that actually makes sense. And that's what Luke is saying. We have to understand the story. That's what Abraham is saying. We have to understand Moses and the prophets and all that came before. We have to know where the people of God have come from because history never changes too much, and we're not too far off from the, the Northern Kingdom and our luxury and our, you know, maybe now we're, we're waking up as a world because things are, are chaotic. And But, you know, I, I think for a long time in this country we just had, we had economic prosperity, you know, things were pretty comfortable, things were fine, and then some hard times hit, and that makes people stand up and say, well, wait a second, what's going on? What's happening? Yes. But if we know where we've come from, if we know the history of the people of God and, and we know what these readings are actually saying and pointing us both to and away from, um, then we can begin to apply those things to our lives. So,
0: and so, and that's what Timothy is is trying to get at. Yeah, that's, that's what it. Paul to Timothy is like. Apply this. Yep, live this out. Be admonished.
1: Yep. Well, be admonished, everybody.
0: <laughs> you guys are, are wonderful, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, we uh, hope you that you enjoyed your stay on Linky Guys <laughs> Airlines, and uh, we acknowledge that the next time uh, you try to fly with us, you will have a voucher for a free flight.
1: There's a list of baggage claims at the front gate. Please talk to a customer representative as you deplane.
0: And if you're needing to get to a connection very quickly, flag somebody down who can tell you how to connect to Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, our Facebook page, and write us a message or even our email. You can look upon the status board and we will hopefully respond as best of our ability. I'm out. (laughs) Dude, that Hang was out. really psycho, dude. Yeah, that was weird. I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week, as we are every week, rain or shine, snow or
0: flood, or mud. Flood. Flood, mud, or snow and chains. All of it.
1: So send us an email, send us a, a Facebook,
0: <laughs> and
1: send us a computer if you if you
0: have one. Uh,
1: I'm looking for a Jeep, if anybody has one. I'm looking for an old Jeep that I can Dude, and because I, my car doesn't work.
0: If, if anybody even has a broken down Jeep, we'll get a bunch of. I have a bunch of guys, and we'll work on it and fix it. So, just get it to us, and we'll give it to Scott.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye. We will see you next week. Keep
0: it real. Bye.
1: The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at thomascenter.org. See you next week.